Welcome to Greatness, where the world's leading thinkers share their ideas about how to create greatness. Great leaders, great teams, and great organizations. Why be good when you can be great? This is Gretchen Gagel with Greatness, and I am so excited today to welcome Dennis Duran to our podcast. Welcome, Dennis. Thanks, Gretchen. Glad to be with you. So Dennis and I have known each other. Um, I I hesitate when I start adding up these years because it always makes me feel a little bit older. Um, I, I think we've known each other for 20 years now, haven't we, Dennis? Yeah, that's about right. And that, and that yeah. does make us seem old, doesn't it? Yeah. And have worked together in the construction industry. And I heard that Dennis had published a new book, Soft as Steel, and could not wait to get Dennis on the podcast to talk about it. So I always like to start, Dennis, with how people became interested in their topics. How did you get interested specifically in the construction industry and the soft skills within the construction industry? Well, Gretchen, that's, a, that's either a very easy answer or a very difficult answer, but let me, let me give you the easy version. The easy version is during my journey of well over 30 years in the construction industry, one of the things I've noticed in myself and others around me is that uh, we focus very much on building things. We focus very much on budgets and schedules. Uh, but again, over that long span, I constantly ran into situations that had more to do with how people were with each other, how they related with each other, how they got to know each other, how they demonstrated their mutual respect for one another. And, and ultimately, and these are the people that are the most important to me in my life, and I think in others as well, the people they came to come uh, deep caring for uh, as they built a relationship with them. Uh, so it's been, it's been a long time that I've been th- thinking about soft skills, trying to practice them, practice and understanding, learning about them. Uh, and I finally reached a point where I said, you know what, uh, we, need to, we need to be talking about this. Uh, and uh, I, I can, uh, and I want to. And so uh, literally uh, through a series of conversations that, that spanned just uh, a few months that culminated with uh, me being at an event uh, last February in San Diego, where the closing activity was to have a discussion in a small group setting and for each person in that group to identify a goal they wanted to accomplish for the coming year. And my goal was to write a book about soft skills. Isn't it great when we write down our goals? I, um, In the courses that I teach, I have the students articulate their goals out loud to each other because I find that when we write down our goals or we tell them to somebody else, we're much more likely to do them. And Having written a book myself, I know how hard it is to, to uh, complete the process of a book. So congratulations on, on that accomplishment. So we've, I've heard a lot of people in the last, um, gosh, I've been in this industry while manufacturing and construction for 36 years, starting to talk more about the soft skills, which somebody said the other day, they hate that term because they're really the hard skills. Why do you think we are starting to become more cognizant of the of the need to develop these skills and people in the construction industry? Well, the, uh, again, just in a very direct, the direct answer is because our workplace is so much more complex than it was 10, 20, 30, and 40 years ago. Uh, again, when I began my career, we were, we were just past the point in time uh, where in our industry, not only was the industry a male-dominated industry, but it was, it was largely white males that dominated the industry. 
much has changed since then, and much, much is continuing to change. And so recognizing that, that there are different generations of workplace, recognizing the importance of other aspects of diversity in our workplace, recognizing the fact that construction is a necessary and important industry globally, but is very, very challenged in trying to generate the interest of, recruit, uh, and develop individuals in all categories and all types of jobs in our industry is becoming much, much more difficult. You used a word when you were first starting to speak about this, the word respect. I think that's a really important word, not just in the construction industry, but in general. I think a lot about how we treat people with um, with respect. And, and I, I think there's a genuine opportunity in our industry to increase uh, the level of respect that we treat people with. Oh, I, I agree entirely. I think, uh, you know, and respect is, uh, is, is one of those things that, uh, that is earned, uh, not demanded, not, uh, not given, not awarded. It is something that is earned over time. And that very dynamic indicates that, uh, that you have to put the effort in to get to know individuals uh, so that you can come to respect them and, and go on from respecting them into valuing them on a long-term basis in business relationships and personal relationships. Um, uh, in order to, to give yourself an opportunity for greater success and greater happiness. And you know, also when you talk about respect, it uh, reminds me of uh, uh, the age-old golden rule. So your book's been out for such a short time, and it's already number 21 in the construction industry on Amazon. So tell us a little bit about what's in the book. What can we expect when we buy your book, Soft Ass Deal? The way I went about uh, developing the content of this book was that I wanted uh, to not simply – uh, espouse my views on what soft skills were all about and why they were important. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do deep and highly methodical research. I simply wanted to learn from people in the industry uh, that were folks that range from uh, as young as 25 years old to as old as 75 years old. Uh, some in the construction aspect uh, portion of our industry, others in engineering, others working for owner organizations. From this wide cross section of people that had these wide age ranges, therefore covering several different generations uh, and also other demographic considerations. I wanted to talk with them and learn from them uh, things like, if someone asked you the question, what are soft skills, what would you say? Uh, and I asked them for their, to answer that question. I didn't ask them to define anything. I said, what, what, would, what would you say if someone asked you this question? Uh, what would you, how would you explain why being trustworthy is a quality that is very important to you? Uh, and, and when you explain it to me, could you give me an example through a story that illustrates how that was important? Uh, answering some questions mm. and talking about uh, what ended up being the 20 most frequently mentioned qualities that, uh, that, I, that I learned from these folks by doing a survey, which is included in the book. And so any reader of the book can actually take the same survey that I use for my conversation partners to come up with their own uh, list of among 40 different qualities, the ones of the, that set of words are the most important to them in their work life. Uh, and so, so conversations were really important. In one section was answering questions. In the next se section of the book, and that's the way the book is divided, uh, were the answers to the questions that I asked these folks in what were 45 to 60 minute recorded conversations transcribed. I, I transcribed them all. I read them all. And I gleaned from them the things that became elements in the book. Uh, and then in the third part of the book, um, one of the things that was happening during these conversations was, uh, it was interesting, was people would say something in response to a question or sharing a story, and either they would say something specifically, 
uh, and it would be several words, or it would get me to think about something. Uh, a thought would come into my mind. One of the thoughts that came through one of the conversation was, it's not about you. And again, we're talking about soft skills, the qualities of people, uh, the qualities that make a person someone that you want to build a relationship with, that you want to work with or want to work for, uh, something important for your customers to see in your actions and your words. So the idea to talk about the idea that it's not about you in that context, it's kind of an interesting thing to talk about. So there are 52 of those thoughts or ideas in part three of this book. Um, so as, as you can hear in the way I'm describing it in a fairly animated fashion, um, it's just a, it's just a lot of good stuff written for an audience that is can be as young as an apprentice level individual in a trades to someone who's running a global construction firm. Mm, that's so wonderful, and it it's interesting. In my PhD, I, I learned from one of my professors and advisors this concept of folklore as a, a a valid source of knowledge, and that's what you've collected here. You've collected stories, folklore about our industry in a qualitative research methodology to demonstrate what these um, soft skills mean in our industry. That's so fascinating. So what's one of your favorite stories that you could share with us that, that somebody told? Oh, gosh. Um, there's, there, uh, there, was, there were so many good ones. Um, I, I wish I'd anticipate that question. I would have marked the page so I could literally just read it to you from the text one of the, the, the best storytellers uh, in my conversations was an individual with over 43 years in the glazing trade. Uh, obviously, he's, he's now uh, not on the tools anymore, as they say, in the glazing trade, but, uh, uh, but it's now actually he and I have the opportunity to, to see each other on a regular basis. We, we co-instruct uh, a, a class uh, teaching supervisors, uh, supervisory skills and other kinds of things they need to, to learn or to be effective in that role. And so I get to work with uh, this individual. And so from that 40 year, 43 years worth of experience uh, in answering questions about uh, or, or giving stories about different qualities that were important to him, uh, the stories that he told were so detailed uh, and uh, and so interesting to, to read, to listen to, but then to read uh, that it just, you had to say when you're done reading it, wow, that, that, that really does, that's happened to me. Or, or I, I felt the same way uh, when he's talking about things that relate to, you know, people, you know, you know, following through on their commitments and doing the things they're going to say they're going to, they, they're going to do, which is all about integrity and, and just the way in very practical uh, and I'll say boots on the ground ter- terminology and language. He told beautiful stories uh, from his, from his long, long career. Were there any of the 20 most frequently themes mentioned that were of uh, just a really big surprise to you? Hmm, a big surprise. Um, I was surprised that there were no surprises. Does that make any sense? Um, it does. And, and again, I, I think that uh, if I, if I, as I've assembled my own list separately and apart from my, from my, uh, conversation partners, as I refer to them. And, I, and, I, and that's, that's my term, not only of, of description, but also of endearment for, for what they contributed to this book. Their names do not appear in the book. Um, and, and, and this is a loftier question, but if I might just say this, uh, the way I attribute uh, the quotations, which are anywhere from two or three sentences to a page and a half, depending on, on, on what the quotation is and why I would make it longer or shorter, I simply uh, indicate what generation the individual is speaking from. 
Uh, and I and I and I and I do that not to overemphasize the generational aspect, but to give the reader the opportunity to read what a millennial said about equality versus what a Gen, Gen Xer said about it, so they can see both similarities and differences, uh, with an important caveat in in that the the, the different answers uh, or the different ways that they answered the question were not wrong or right. They were just different. Uh, and, and it was, and it was important. And this was something I said repeatedly through these conversations, you know, I'm interested in, I don't want you to define, I'm interested in what things mean to you and stories that, that give me a, a better understanding about what it meant to you in a particular situation. Uh, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any difficulty, uh, with any of that. Um, I would have loved to have seen a, a couple of qualities, maybe a little higher up in the top 20. Um, but, uh, I wasn't the least bit surprised, although I didn't know how it was going to turn out until, until I started compiling. And actually, I actually surveyed over 60 individuals. Only 36 of them were interviewed. Um, but out of those 60 people, when I compiled the results, um, I, I was, uh, you know, I didn't know what the results were going to be uh, until I actually tabulated them. And I was, I was very, I was very pleased with what the results were uh, and the way it plays out in terms of, yeah, that makes sense. And I can see why those are the top 10 uh, versus the ones that are in the next 10. Uh, but they're all, you know, they're all great words that describe qualities. Uh, a person couldn't argue with any of them as being, uh, being a, a quality, which is really what a soft skill is. It's a quality and attribute, a trait, as you know. Um, but I don't think anybody would quibble saying, no, I think this, this list is bogus. It's, I think it just, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it, it speaks for itself. So I'm a leader in the industry out there and I'm listening to this podcast. How do I use this book? How do I use the information that you've gathered in the most effective way? Well, I'll be, I, I would say the, uh, the first thing is that um, uh, even a leader with a tremendous amount of experience and, and even, even a good leader may need to to refresh his understanding about certain things, uh, may need to hear again in the words of other people uh, what what the word soft skills means. May need to hear from a, a group of people uh, what what the word words emotional intelligence means. And that's a word that's a term that's coming more and more visible across industries. Been, as you know, it's been written about for at least three decades. Uh, but, uh, you know, through the work of a couple authors that publish Emotional Intelligence 2.0 and actually 1.0 before that, uh, they've, they've brought it into, into more discussion. Uh, I think it's a critically important topic to understand. So there's, for, for those leaders that are, are boomers, uh, more, more than likely, or, or Gen Xers, but, but again, as you know, there can be leaders that are as young as 15 or 16 years old in, in certain settings. But this, this would be an opportunity for them to just to kind of get reinvigorated about you know why soft skills are so important, and use it as a way to to to, to pepper uh, their their words, uh, but also to help them see a way to take a look at themselves on a current basis. Because that's you know that's one of my strongest beliefs about this whole notion of of uh, of how we are can be uh, how we can be successful in in business and in life. Uh, and I and I believe strongly, and this is my experience tells me that that uh, it starts with understanding yourself. Uh, and uh, and that's one of the things that the people who have uh, succeeded or managed to succeed over a long period of time uh, may still have some you know some weaknesses in the underpinnings of of their self awareness or self understanding 
that they've managed to uh, uh, to push through or pass to overlook or deny. And I think in a friendly conversational way, uh, this book would would reinforce the good things they understand about themselves and about soft skills and other things, uh, but also help them to to do a kind of a, a little bit of a checkup and make sure that, yeah, um, you know, I, I have been leading in the way that I should lead. I have been leading, leading in a way that's, that's caring. I have been leading in a way uh, that not only my words, but my actions uh, provide uh, motivation and inspiration to the people that I lead. Yeah, that's so great. I, you know, in all the leadership courses that I teach in, at the University of Denver and here at the Australian National University, that's what I tell people is you really have to start with yourself. Uh, really, the only person you can change is yourself. And thinking about how you are acting as a genuine and an authentic leader. What does our industry need to do? I mean, so we, I hear people talking about, yes, we need to invest in the soft skills and, but I rarely see deep and meaningful investment in soft skills. So tell us a little bit about what our industry and what the organizations within our industry need to do to kind of lift the whole boat, so to say. I could answer in two ways. One, buy my book. <laughs> yeah, that's called yeah, that's called selfish, uh, shameless self promotion. No, I but I think you know, I, I think what's happening is that, uh, and this unfortunately is is often the way change takes place in any industry, and ours is certainly uh, one that illustrates it beautifully. Uh, you don't change until you have to, uh, and I think in in many ways. We are we are we are in the the have to stage uh, for the simple reason uh, that we are having tremendous difficulty uh, interested getting people interested in the construction industry. I mean, there's article after article after article that talks about it. It's not this is not you know nothing I'm saying is uh, is revolutionary, uh, cutting edge or or, or, or new thinking. Uh, but but I, I feel like we're getting to a have to stage uh, and, and I'm experiencing great, great uh, reception, enthusiastic reception, gratitude. Every time I do one of my workshops, uh, you know, people that of, of all ages just say how important it was. I had I just did a, a, what I call a soft skills seminar uh, just a week or so ago in, in Chicago. Uh, and one of the individuals in, in the audience of about 20 folks was a 42 year uh, union organizer, business rep, uh, and currently uh, works directly for one of the district councils of a major buildings trade union. And he was he was a black man. Uh, and when I when I talked about you know some aspects of diversity, um, his first thought in terms of questioning was 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 to challenge uh, what I was saying. Uh, I, I responded to him. Uh, it, we we came to a full understanding, and, and he was enthusiastically in agreement with the things that I had to say about that that consideration in terms of relationship building, uh, which is so important to to any industry. But then he came up to me afterwards. He says, "You know, Dennis, this is the third time I've been in one of your programs, uh, and every time I come to your program, I learn something else that I need to be thinking about with regards to." And here's what what he said: my soft skills. So. Um, you know the industry simply needs to uh, to embrace the notion that w- we we get the construction methods, the design, uh, the materials, thoughts. Uh, we you know we we get that stuff. We're getting better at it. We're introducing technology in many ways into documentation, communication, uh, and even into into construction method and and actually how workers produce in the field. Um, but we're never we're never going to get away from needing. To have an ability to to start, 
develop and maintain relationships with people in the workplace. Uh, and, and we have to do that because we're, we're not getting people to come to our industry to do the basic work of construction. I mean, we're a service industry, uh, but the, the, at the core of, of the building process is a product. Uh, and, it, and it's a it's a built environment uh, for whatever its purpose, um, but that, that environment is built by people. Uh, and for an industry that uses words like co- collaboration and cooperation and teamwork, um, we we haven't gotten it down to the very basic person to person level, uh, starting with. You starting with that that self understanding, that self awareness, that that willingness to recognize the things that you're that you're good at and understand that how they benefit you, but more importantly, recognizing the things that you can improve upon and committing to doing the work to improve upon them. Uh, and that's at every level in the industry. Uh, but I've been talking quite a bit with with different uh, large organizations about about trying to integrate more expressly into things like apprenticeship training programs uh, for union and non-union operations. But primarily, I, I, I live in the unionized construction world. Uh, so talking about bringing this topic matter, including things like assessments that assess your behavioral style. You and I are both very familiar with the DISC profiling system we used all these years ago at the, at our the company we were with, and, and and I still use it today. Those are all valuable tools to give a person some facts about themselves that they can use to go from uh, a, p- a position of, of feeling that they're more than adequate or more often than not feeling not adequate enough but not knowing what to do in order to improve upon that. So that's the, those are my thoughts. It's interesting. I think about investment. I was meeting with a very large international general contractor a few years ago, and we were talking about lean practices and their interest in implementing lean practices. And I said, well, so what? what's your budget to implement these practices? And they said, you're looking at him. Mm-hmm. And it was one person. Mm-hmm for a very large global company. So putting our money where our mouth is one of, is one of the things that pops into my mind when I hear you talking, Dennis, because I, I hear people talking about doing this, but then when I ask what their investment, what their budget is for doing so, it's a fairly small number most of the time. Do mm-hmm. you find that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's, uh, and I can't cite them off the top of my head, but uh, actually in the, in the, in the uh, speaker reel that was prepared to help me, communicate with folks as a, as a public speaker. There are a few stats uh, in there that talk about the relationship between uh, improving communication skills, problem-solving skills, or, and they're all within the bucket of things that relate to soft skills uh, and, and, the, and the, the benefit to improving productivity and profitability. Uh, you know, one of the things that needs to be uh, to, to be squarely in the conversation is that um, uh, you, know, you could say it the old-fashioned way, which I can say at my age, which is you got to spend money to make money. Um, but I think in, in, in a kind of an interesting way that actually would probably be a better way to describe why people ought to be having their folks, you know, you know, learn more about soft skills, learn more about their communication style, you know, take take a workshop on how to do a better job of active listening or how to problem solve all those things, which again, use a kind of a central tool, which is woefully undervalued as far as as far as developing individuals. And that's communication skills. Uh, I talk about those, I think it's mentioned in my book, I talk about it often. I, I talk about communication as being the ultimate core competency. 
uh, we, we can think about project management uh, and the PMBOK uh, or, or this, our, our CM's body of knowledge that talks about all the aspects of what involve, what's involved in being a project manager. Um, but, but the core competency that makes all that other stuff possible and makes it possible for, for you to get known to people uh, through your words, uh, along then with your actions, is are your communication skills, uh, and so you know you know just there there are things there are skills that can be learned that benefit the whole notion of developing uh, a better understanding of yourself and therefore being able to better understand other people. But it's but it it, it you have to spend money to do it. It's, it's not it can't it can't be self taught uh, because frankly um, you know we can't trust ourselves always to be the most objective and honest, particularly when we're trying to focus on our weaknesses. Uh, and every person has weaknesses. That doesn't mean they're bad. That doesn't mean that they're doomed to no success. It simply means they have things they need to work on in order to, to have an opportunity to enjoy greater success at whatever it is they're doing uh, and ultimately greater happiness in what they do and how they live their lives. I'm reminded of your good friend, Steve Farber, who actually wrote um, – the forward to your book. And and I was so thrilled when you introduced me to him years ago, talking about uh, do the things you love in service of those who love what you do. And it really is about finding a path to fulfillment and happiness and leading a purposeful life and and giving people the skills that they, that they need to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Again, I'm, I'm repetitious. I say in my classes, if I, if I repeat something several times, it's because it's not simply because I may have forgotten it. It's more often because I think it's so important. And I think what's so important to repeat uh, is that in order for, for individuals to have success in whatever, they, whatever their calling is, whatever, or if they want to take a lower plane and say whatever their job is, they, not, they don't simply need to be good at the job. Um, because, you know, doing something, you know, filling out a form, building something, uh, creating something uh, like a schedule or a budget, uh, those are things that can be learned and you can, you can be very good at doing those things. But if, if, you, if, you can't, if you can't get along with people, if you can't under, understand the reality, uh, and Steve's words are a magnificent way to view it, um, but if you can't understand the reality that if, in order for you to be successful, you have to be successful at being able to get along with people. Uh, being able to, to, to build relationships with people in all parts of your life. Uh, if you don't, then you're, you're going to be one of those people that say, you know, he was the, he was the greatest uh, painter I ever knew, but he couldn't get along with people. And that'll be his tombstone. I have some passion around this. Can you tell? I know you, I know you do, Dennis. And I, I just applaud you for, I, as I said, I know the effort that it puts, that it takes to put a book together and you are passionate about this topic. I have so much respect for you because of that soft as steel. Uh, your website, Dennis Duran Speaking. I would um, completely encourage people who are out there listening to buy your book and pay attention to what you have to say. Dennis, thank you so much for coming on Greatness today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Interested in hearing more? Visit us at greatnessconsulting.com. Thank you.